Welcome to part four of our series where we're talking about what forgiveness really means as we're looking at the enemy of the, and the, enemy of the heart called anger. Um, when somebody has a cancer, you know, you've been diagnosed with cancer, of course, you go to the doctor. You know, some people might ask, well, how did I get this cancer? Does it matter? You have cancer. Your real question should be, how do I get rid of it? And a lot of the times, this cancer in our hearts continues bogging us down because we don't know, okay, we're thinking, okay, we know where, we, where it came from, but we don't want to do anything about it to get rid of it. In Ephesians, my friends, in Ephesians, um, we, we, we look at this text in, in, in chapter four. And it's funny because we just read a little bit of the, uh, of the latter verses, but in Ephesians chapter four, you, you've heard this verse as well. In verse 26, which is actually, this is a, a quote from the Old Testament, but it says here in the New King James Version, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. When we look at this passage, maybe we're thinking, oh yeah, don't go to sleep. You know, going angry, you know, as couples, we say that, you know, make sure you settle your business, you know, before you are, uh, before you wake up. But God tells us, God tells us that when it comes to this, maybe we have let the sun go down in a season in our lives in some of these things and we haven't dealt with them. He reminds us, give these all to me, but I, this is what I need you to do. Now, if I were to walk up to you and tell you to get rid of all your bitterness toward your ex-husband or your wife or whoever's driving you nuts, what would you think? Well, the G-rated version might be something like, well, you know what? You should mind your own business, preacher. Besides, you haven't heard my side of the story. And if I were to listen to your side of the story, I'm sure I could hear a very convincing story that would explain your anger or bitterness. And I might conclude that you have every right to be mad. But when we look at Ephesians chapter four, Paul did not qualify his words that we just read. He doesn't give anybody an out. He doesn't point extreme situations as exceptions. He says, get rid of it as soon as possible, but that's not realistic, you might be thinking. My anger is just a response to stuff that I have no control over. But you know what you're saying with those words? This is what you're saying and you're not gonna like it. You're saying you're a victim. I'm a victim. I did nothing to create that. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but I'm the one that was wrong, I'm the victim. Let me tell you something about victims. Victims are powerless. Victims have no control over their lives. Victims are at the mercy of others. Victims can only react. Victims do not want to change. Victims are held prisoner by circumstances beyond their control. A victim always has an excuse. Is that who you are? Is that who you want to be? Or do you want to be transformed by the power of Christ? Here is the crux of forgiveness. 
The kindness and compassion that Paul refers to is fueled by an attitude of forgiveness. But not just any forgiveness, it is an attitude of forgiveness that mirrors the kind that God extended to you through Jesus. Okay, to answer the question, Pastor, what is forgiveness? Before I tell you what forgiveness is, I need to tell you what forgiveness isn't, okay? Maybe you've heard that term, forgive and complete the sentence. Forget, forgive and forget. I know you completed the sentence uh, accurately. You've heard it before, forgive and forget, right? Well, if I, if, I, if I haven't forgotten, that means I haven't forgiven, et cetera, et cetera. What if I told you that forgive and forget is not biblical? What do I mean by that? Let me show you. Jesus, first and foremost, never says forgive and forget. Paul never says forgive and forget. Well, what about God when he forget when he forgets our sins? All right, doesn't he take our sins and you know as far as the east is from the west, or you know in the bottom of the sea, or whatever illustration that you're thinking of the Bible? What is what? I mean, doesn't God forget? What, what, hear me out here. All right, first and foremost, okay, there is a difference between forgetting and making a choice to not remember. Are you telling me God forgets? Are you telling me that the God of the universe, the almighty, the all-knowing God forgets? He has spiritual amnesia? Think about it. It doesn't really make sense because if you really, really analyze the situation, God is the all-knowing, the all-powerful. He doesn't forget, but he chooses not to remember to make you feel special. There's a big difference for that. And by the way, when you forget, you don't remember to forget. It just simply happens. It is unintentional. Not remembering something is intentional. Choosing not to remember is intentional. Can a woman forget when her father walked out on her family? Can a man forget when he when somebody when his first love broke his heart? Can a girl forget when she was sexually abused? You don't really forget all of these things, but you choose not to remember because you don't want it to have power over you because you want to live like a free person, not like a victim. You don't choose to forget, you just do. You simply forget. So that is not forgiveness. Forgive and forget is not forgiveness. It is not a biblical concept. Let me show you now what forgiveness is. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and we are going to start in verse 21. We got a little bit of water. I'll give you guys some time to get it. Matthew 18, verse 21. 
All right, here we go. And it says in verse 21, Jesus is, you know, he just got done actually uh, teaching his disciples. And in verse 21, Peter comes and it says here, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Well, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, if you're here, now, if you're here doing math and thinking, okay, 490 times, that's how much, you know, uh, how many times I, I can forgive my brother. Obviously, you're missing the whole point. 489 for this one, 488 for this one. No, 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 no. Jesus doesn't want us to focus on the math, but Jesus wants you to really understand what forgiveness is by the type of grace that he gives us. And then he goes into a parable. And this is where I'm going to show you what forgiveness really is. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. <gasps> what a great story. Hey, I owed you a bunch of money. I couldn't pay you back. I said I would, but the master had compassion, and he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Okay, thank you. Your debt is forgiven. Okay, thank you. But the story doesn't end there. But that servant went out, verse 28, and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Just by the way, for uh, just for the illustration, you know, the first servant owed his master about a million dollars. This one owed this servant. This servant owed this master ten dollars, a million to ten, just to kind of give you an idea. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, "Pay me what you owe." So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that he had done. Okay, so hold on one second. The master forgave this servant a huge amount. And then when there was the opportunity for this one to practice the same habit, he actually threw him into prison until he paid. That makes no sense. You cannot pay somebody while in prison because you can't work. But the point is, is that this man had an opportunity to show the same compassion as his master, and he did not. His servants saw what had been done. They were very grieved, came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called them, said to him, you wicked, wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if to, to will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother's trespasses. Okay. So here is the definition of forgiveness according to the Bible. Forgiveness is simply canceling a debt that is owed to you. Simple is 
a debt that is canceled. Jesus simplifies the topic of forgiveness for all of us. Simply put, forgiveness is the decision to cancel a debt. Towards the end, Jesus actually gives us another warning. And he tells us, forgive them or else. In fact, listen to this. There's going to be a lot of people that are not going to heaven because they are still to this day holding grudges that they should have let go a long time ago. That's a sad thought, isn't it? It's a sad thought. I know for a fact that God wants to set you free. But he can't set you free if you still hold on to that junk that continues to eat you up inside. To refuse to forgive someone is to choose to self-destruct. I have said this many times. But to hang on to bitterness and unforgiveness is like swallowing poison and hoping someone else will die. So, there you have it. Forgiveness is simply the choice to cancel a debt. We may not feel like forgiving because it runs contrary to our sense of justice and fairness. But in scripture, forgiveness is never presented as a feeling. It is always presented as a decision. So here are the four steps to forgive. You can write these down as well. And you can actually replay this video too. I'm pretty sure they're going to give you the capacity to do that. Number one, four steps to forgiveness. Number one, identify with whom you are angry. Okay? Determine, number two, determine what it is that they owe you. General forgiveness does not, it does not heal specific hurts. Determine specifically what it is that they owe you. Number three, cancel the debt. Choose to cancel the debt and be free. And number four, dismiss the case. Those are the four steps of forgiveness. And God wants to set you free with this forgiveness. Jesus, I am grateful for the opportunity that we are able to experience this forgiveness towards you. Help us, Father, to give that same forgiveness to our fellow brethren. It doesn't matter It doesn't matter whether they deserve it or not because we don't deserve your forgiveness. We pray that your spirit continues to guide us, Father God, and that it can continue molding us to who you want us to be. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.